0: The am
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Board Gamer podcast. This one's just going to be me. The artist you just heard was Nico Santana. His uh, music is available on iTunes, uh, Amazon, also on Spotify, pretty much wherever music is found. He's also on Patreon. So, we went to put and playcon well I should say I went to put and play con it is a anime cosplay uh, video gaming board gaming horror film convention Adrian did not go for various reasons one of the reasons was, was because the the website for put and playcon even though uh, they had told me that it was for kids the uh, the website featured more of the adult kind of stuff and This, Like I said, this was the first year for it, and uh, I contacted them. As I talked about it in the last episode, I reached out to them and asked if uh, we could do the Unpub, join forces with them and do the Unpub there. So Thursday night after work, I worked uh, diligently trying to get the rest of my uh, prototype for my one board game done. I left work. I had to deliver some shirts for uh, one of our customers, so I was going to meet him. I met him at the McDonald's there in Catawba. Dropped the shirts off. I said, I got to go because I got to make it to the last ferry boat. The last ferry boat was at like 730. And he was like, wanted to make some small talk. But I was like, I got to go. I got to get to this boat. So I get to the boat just in the nick of time. Like they were already loading, paid for my ticket and got on. But man, it was close. If I would have missed the boat, then I would have had to come back home. So the way, uh, Pun Bay is an island in Ohio on the island of Lake Erie. And uh, you do need to take a boat to get there. There's no underground tunnels. They did that uh, one year for uh, April Fool's joke. They uh, put in the paper that they were building an underground tunnel under the water. And uh, so made it onto the boat, which is excellent. They have two boats. They have the Jet Express, and then they have the... That just takes people over. And then there's the ferry boat, which takes your car over. So Originally, my plan was to help David from the Sandusky Pop Shop... Uh, it's comic book store, uh, Magic the Gathering, all kinds of other games related stuff. So it's a really neat shop if you're ever in Sandusky near Cedar Point. Um, he was over there and he was getting set up. And I originally had planned on helping him, but by the time I got over there, it was pretty late. I hadn't eaten supper yet, so I texted him and I asked him if he needed help. He said no, he pretty much had everything set up. So I got to my uncle's cabin. My aunt and uncle let me stay there this time, so that was cool. No one was staying there. Thursday night, I went to bed pretty early. Uh, Friday morning, I got up and I went down to the con, uh, checked things out, set everything up for Unpub. The convention center there is pretty awesome. They divided it to where the gaming uh, had its own room. So in the back, they had the retro uh, video gaming, uh, about nine to ten screens. So anybody that wanted to come in and play uh, all the classics... Um, they also had a couple of the new, newer systems that you could play games and stuff. And then uh, the rest of the room was set up for board gaming. We had probably a good... Originally, there were supposed to be like 30 tables for board gaming. We didn't really need that many. So I think they had like 15 tables set up. Uh, the first three tables were for the M-Pub. Uh David from the Pop Shop, he brought about mm, over 200 games that you could play off the shelf. Uh, Friday, attendance wise, was, uh, mostly people who had set up in the vendor section. So mostly Friday was just everybody getting set up and getting to know one another. I met so many really cool people. I found myself, I'm not very good at selling myself, getting people to sit down and play games. And then, and then you start questioning yourself, like, would anybody really even want to play my game? Like, is my game good enough? Like, this voice in the back of your mind that's just, and David eventually started sending people over, except especially Saturday. Friday, it was just me. And then Saturday, I was supposed to have this guy who I thought was from Cleveland. Okay. I don't remember exactly how I got it in my head that this guy was from Cleveland. Uh, we were emailing back and forth. I think he said he went to a protospiel, which is kind of like Unpub. But instead of inviting like civilians in to playtest your games, you're playing, designers are playing each other's games. Which that happens at Unpub also, but... By the way, next weekend is the Michigan Protospiel, which I was going to go to, and it looks like their registration—they don't have registration open anymore. So it would have been cool to go to that. Oh, going back, so we were emailing back and forth, and he started getting cold feet. He was like, well, "Is it just gonna be you and me?" Or because originally I had uh, three designers, and then the one guy had to work. He was getting cold feet, and I'm like, "Okay, how do I sell this? I got to make sure he comes." You know, I really wanted him to come. And he had a game called Sugarcane, which is a really cool looking game. Uh, it's, an, it's an island builder. You're building an island um, in the 1700s, I think. You're basically cultivating the land and eventually making sugarcane and other products. And then you can take it to market by loading your ship up and then taking it to other islands. Um, there's a lot more that goes into it, but it was a really fun game. However, this guy was from Canada. He was not from Cleveland. He came all the way. From, this guy came. He drove. I forget how many hours he said because he lives up by Vancouver, I think. And he drove. He said he ended up taking two ferries to get there. Uh, so he had to take a ferry to get from Canada to the United States. He thought it was a bridge, but it ended up being a ferry. And then he got on the ferry to get from the mainland to Put-in-Bay. So he was there Saturday morning. I met him and super nice guy, like so nice. Really the first Canadian like that I've met in person. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't get out much. So yeah, so his game was really cool and I felt kind of bad. He uh we play tested it. His game has a lot of components and it takes a while to play the game. So we played a shortened version of the game. But my friend Carl, a.k.a. Will came Friday night, I think. No, oh, Saturday morning. I don't remember. So, Rick from Canada, Will, and I play tested his game, and I think we gave him some decent feedback. And then I had two games, and David sent a couple people over to play my game, and I got some really awesome feedback. Shout out to Topher, Chloe, and Alyssa from Nobody's Special Cosplay. They sat down and played uh, my Battle of Lake Erie, Don't Give Up the Ship trick taking game. One of the quotes I wrote down that she said while we were playing was, my dad would love this game, which is hilarious. And then later on, Topher said, uh, rated dad and up. And I'm like, I'm going to put a quote on the box that says, my dad would love this game. And then rated ages dad and up, which is just hilarious. Topher, he has uh, his own comic book. And so I bought issue one for Adri and he signed it and everything, which is cool. And she seemed to really enjoy it when I brought it home. She uh, read it right when I got it home, so. I'm going to get the rest of the issues for her. I think these get got about six or seven issues out now. And rather than tell you about it, I will play a promo for it. So this is, this is the promo. It's basically a comic book about uh, two police officers that are kind of, how do I say it? They're not very bright and they're fighting crime, but they don't realize that it's actually that they're not very good at their jobs.
2: Hello civilians, I'm Keegan, and like you, I have a pretty normal life. Uh, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I had a pretty normal life. I'll make this quick. You see, a while back, my buddy Bruce convinced me to become a police officer in the quaint city of Dusk Bay. Noble, right? Well, that was before the entire police force was wiped out by the world's first supervillain. Now, without a superpower between us, Bruce and I are the only thing standing between this city and an army of chemically enhanced superpowered monsters. You with me so far? Great. You see, being hilariously outnumbered and sorely outmatched means Bruce and I have to rely solely on our wits just to survive the day to day. Oh, her? Oh, that's Rulian. She's a vigilante with her own agenda. She's smart, she's fierce, and she saved our butts more times than I can count. Too bad I'm the only one who's ever seen her. I promise I'm not crazy. You still here? Good. So, let's recap. Supervillains, masterminds, evil schemes, nasty serums, little goons, big goons, vigilantes, car chases, kidnappings, fist fights, fearsome flights, and the scariest platypus you've ever seen. And that's not even the half of it. Welcome to On Patrol, the Chronicles of Dusk Bay, where we're out
1: to prove that you don't need superpowers
2: to be a superhero. I'll uh I'll let you know how that turns out.
1: Uh Topher and Alyssa and Chloe, I think they also had a show on PBS they did. They did voiceovers for the Bug Bites and maybe some of the artwork too. Oh, so some of the special guests there were uh, the voice of Duke Nukem. So if anybody who ever played Duke Nukem, uh, my mom, when we got our first computer, it came with Duke Nukem, and I'm sure if my mom knew that we were playing it, she would not have approved. But my brother loved that game, and so it was really cool that I got to meet the guy that does the voice for Duke Nukem. He is super funny in real life. I went to his Q&A, and actually, before that, we got to we were just sitting around. with There was another special guest. She does uh, a lot of voices for anime. So we sat around for probably a good uh, 40 minutes just chatting, and it was kind of neat to listen to them interact, talk about uh, voice acting and that kind of stuff. And then he revealed some top-secret stuff that I'm not allowed to reveal about some games that are coming out in virtual. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but... Let's see, that was Friday and Saturday. Uh, we went out to eat with Rick from Canada. So we ate at the brewery. Uh, T&J Steakhouse catered the lunch for all the vendors and all the people helping out. And it was so good. So if you're ever on the island, uh, check out T&J Steakhouse. They used to have on Sunday nights, if you ever stayed on a Sunday night, they used to have this pasta pasta night where you could pick what you wanted to put in it and the chefs would fling it around in the air and stuff, and then cook it on the fire and stuff, and it was so good. Let's see, I think it was Friday night they had at the Splash or the Pirate Ship, they had a costume contest. I didn't really go to the after parties. They have a lot of things going on. Like, what was really cool about the con was that there was almost always something going on. During the days, they had different talks that you could go to, so they had, like, uh, Adventures in wig styling, if you want to know how to do anime costuming and stuff. They had, uh... One lady did a presentation on, uh, steampunk and how to make costuming and, uh, custom nerf guns and stuff like that, uh, to make them look like steampunk. And then they had a couple YouTube, big name YouTubers were there and they were kind of explaining how to become a YouTube content creator. There was, uh, Bay Ghost Stories, which the guy who wrote Haunted Putin Bay last year, the, uh, it's kind of like the Haunted Ohio books, but not by the same people. And, uh, so I went to that. That was pretty interesting. He stays away from a lot of the, um, basically all the stories that he talks about are things that are based in facts. So he tries to give you the factual side of events rather than the. In my earpiece just broke off, but he he stays away from the the more uh, myths. Um, there's like a there's a story of Coon Man, which is a half raccoon, half man on the island, and he eats children. Um, who stay out past their curfew. That's one of the legends that when I was a kid that our friend's dad told us we'd be sitting around the campfire and he'd give us the story of Coon Man and how Coon Man lives in Cooper's Woods and he'll come out and eats children. But he didn't put that in the book. He did mention it in the book because I read the first chapter online. He, d- he did mention Coon Man and stuff, but he said that he was not going to talk about it because there was no factual basis for it. Uh, it's just something parents made up so that their kids would not be down where all the partying is going on. Oh, Saturday night they had a costume contest for all the cosplay and various uh, horror costumes and stuff like that. And I wish my brother so would have came. Because my brother, they had a family, like I think it was like $75 for the family category. They didn't even have anybody. So if my brother and his wife and their two kids were going to come, if they would have been dressed up in their superhero outfits. They uh, would have won $75 easily, hands down. Uh, they gave out tons of cash prizes. Um they also gave out uh, tickets for next year's con. And there were some pretty good there were some pretty good costumes. Um they also had a junior competition. Oh, there was these two dudes there that had these zombies that looked so real. It was impressive. It looked like something right out the walking dead. By the way, I didn't take Adri because I wasn't sure like the atmosphere if it would be good for kids and it is totally for kids. Like this event was, I wish I would have taken her because she did. I'm, um, she would have loved it. She would have had a blast playing board games and playtesting. And, and plus, I think she would have helped me draw more people in to, to actually playtest my game. So next year, I'm definitely taking Adri with me. And if you guys are in the area or want to plan a mini vacation, uh, consider coming to the PlayCon... or putting play con. One of the things that happened, well, what happened was there's was a family on the island who owns a couple of the bars and restaurants who did not want the put and play con to, to happen. And so they made a fake, they created a fake Facebook page pretending to be the, the con and then telling people that the event was canceled. I don't know who the heck would do something like that. That's totally messed up. And then there was another girl that gave it a one star on Facebook before the event even happened. And I messaged her and I just said, you know, like, the event hasn't even happened yet. You know, is there a reason why you're giving it a one star, and I never heard back from her? So, there's something going on with I don't know. There was a music festival going on on the island, and I don't know if they thought that that would interfere. But the interesting thing was is that me and Carl, aka Will, we went down to the music festival, and there was a really good band down there. They were called the Lowdown Brass Band. They had a lot of horns. They had a uh, trumpets, saxophone, trombone. And then the one guy was like, kind of sang like R&B style. It was kind of like, they called it fusion. It was kind of a little bit of ska mixed with like R&B, mixed with old school funk. They were so good. And the thing about it was, is that if if I'm now I'm just speculating because I don't even know if that was why they did the Facebook page thing. But the people who were going to the con probably weren't going to go to the island for the music festival, but the people that were at the con did some of us did go down to the music festival so um it kind of worked in their favor so but this band was r- so good you should check them out they are called the Lowdown brass band and the one guy i was like rapping and stuff it was really good and as you guys could tell i like hip-hop so um but yeah they're from out of chicago so if you live near chicago they travel all over but um if you ever get a chance to go see them they're pretty impressive oh so we did that the one night and then Sunday morning, uh, I I was gonna go to church, and my friend Carl, he A.K.A. Will, he's not um he's not Catholic, and really he's I, he kind of grew up in a church that was I don't want to say it was a cult, but it was like I I've asked him about it and he said like well we kind of believed in the Bible, but um it kind of did more of the Old Testament I think I don't know, but he didn't really go into detail a whole lot, but he's very cynical about religion in general and he's also quite cynical about america which is weird but um recently he lost his wife in a car accident but i won't go into it but um she was lutheran and so he would he started going to the lutheran church a little bit so and on the island of Putin bay there's actually only two churches there's the catholic church and then there's the i think it's episcopal i don't know i call it the white church not Cause of race white, but like, uh, it was like, it's like a, a big white steeple. It's just like, it's, they're right across from each other. So, and then, um, there is a Lutheran service that, uh, there's a pastor that comes over onto the Island, uh, and the Catholic church allows the Lutheran pastor to come in and they can have their service there, um, usually on Sunday nights. So I was explaining to him that, you know, Catholics and Lutherans there, they, we share a lot in common our liturgical readings tend to be the same readings, So, you know, if you don't feel comfortable coming, you know, that's fine. You can go down to the con and we'll just meet up after, after church. And he's like, no, I'll go. And I'm like, you know, you don't have to, I'm I'm almost talking, trying to talk him out of it. I'm kind of mad at myself for doing that, but it's just kind of who I am. I don't know. I didn't didn't want to put pressure on him. I didn't want to like, you know, make him go. So no, he's like, no, it's cool, dude. I'll I'll go. I'm like, all right. So we're walking in. I'm kind of like explaining to him, you know, you can just, You know, you don't have to, you don't have to do the, you know, sit, kneel, stand. You don't have to do all that. You can just sit there. That's fine. And I'm like, and you cannot receive communion. Uh, he asked me why, which was, I was glad he asked me. So I was able to explain why, um, non-Catholics should not receive communion in the Catholic Church. And Catholics who haven't been to reconciliation in a long time probably should not go to, uh, receive communion either. And so we walk in and I thought it was going to be this one pastor that's really cool. I like him. He's a young guy and it ended up being this deacon. Um, I've never met before. He saw our Putin play con badges. I didn't even realize I had it on. And he's like, Oh, is that so you guys, if you guys get lost? Cause Putin Bay is known for drinking and getting drunk. And I get what he was saying, but like if he really knew me, uh, he would never, he would have never said that cause I've, I don't drink. I don't, I've never been drunk. So we go in and, uh, turns out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, it's a weird thing. So, like, I'm feeling kind of awkward for my friend who, you know, I know he's feeling awkward because, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. And um. so I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm praying for him. I'm praying that, you know, Lord, just open him up to just what you need him, what you want him to hear and help him to make to feel comfortable. So... Uh, the deacon gets up and he says, "Uh, well, we kind of have a problem. The uh, priest, the weather was not good this morning and there was a lot of fog. So our priest could not make it to the island. So um, we were going to just have a communion service. And so we do the liturgy of the word and then we have a communion service. To me, that was kind of a blessing. I think because like I know Carl, a.k.a. Will wasn't feeling comfortable. And then now we're kind of in the same boat because you know, we're, we're kind of both just there. So it was really good. I really liked the deacon. His homily was, he's like my, my Southern grandma. She, she doesn't sugarcoat things. She's very, she tells you what she's thinking. She's very blunt. And that's how this deacon was. And I really appreciate that. It was, he was, it was really good. And then afterwards we went and they had a breakfast. So we went and ate breakfast with the local parishioners there and stuff. And the local church folk and uh we were sitting at our table and these older ladies invited us over to their table and they saw our badges and stuff so they were asking us about the con so it was really cool we got to explain to them what the what put and play con is all about and it was good so we were kind of like uh, ambassadors for the con so i'm like hopefully maybe one of those ladies were part of that family that tried to make the fake facebook page i don't know and then you know like then we uh Maybe gave her a different perspective on things. So so that was really nice. And then we went down. Then we went back to the con. Uh, We got some more playtesting in, which was great. Saturday, there was a lot more people there. Sunday, there was quite a few people there. And then uh, Sunday, it kind of started. It wasn't supposed to uh, be open until about 4 o'clock. And people started tearing down around 2-ish. So if you do go on just a Sunday, just know that it's not probably going to last all day. Because a lot of the people are... They need to get on the last boat and you have to be get the funny thing. about. I mean, the thing about the island is if you're leaving on a Sunday night, you have to get in line for the boat like hours before the last boat because the line is so backed up. Everybody's trying to get off the island at the same time. Luckily for me, I had decided to stay till Monday, so I I stayed an extra night, which was cool because then we had our friends that live on the island. They came over and got to play test some of my games at the cabin. So that was fun um it was just it was just so good i like even though there wasn't it's the first year and there wasn't a huge amount of people there um the fact that it was small was actually i found that to be a benefit like it was so good because i got to meet so many cool people that i probably you know would have got lost in the crowd i don't know it was just good um afterwards towards the end when i went over to the vendors and started talking to some of the artists over there and stuff and there's this guy that they call um Frodo. I don't know. He was like Duke Nukem's sidekick. Like he was, he would just pop up, and he's been to a ton of cons, so he goes all over the place. That's why he knows Duke Nukem guy so well, uh, the voice of Duke Nukem so well, because he's been at a lot of the cons that he's been at. But Frodo would just pop up at the weirdest places. The first day he was dressed up so like some anime character. He had like a little plush something, I don't know, and he had like a Gilligan's hat on with, I don't know who he was supposed to be, but. But we were talking with the artist and then Frodo popped in and was like, we're talking like to me, putting on a convention, it would be like so nerve wracking. And this one went so well for the first year. I thought it went amazing because they had to orchestrate all the DJs. They had just all the events and everything was on time, which was just crazy. Because if I would have been in charge of it, things would have never started on time. Everything would have been falling apart. I was being really positive And then Frodo popped in and was like, Trust me, I got a list of some feedback that I'm going to be giving them. And then some other guy popped in and was like, hey, 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 we're trying here. You know, this is the first year, blah, blah, blah. And I agree. Like, to me, I thought this con from on a scale of TanaCon to 10, to those that don't get the reference, uh, YouTube at TanaCon was this uh, rival to VidCon that just went. I mean, it was like everything that could go wrong went wrong. But yeah, so I would probably give put and play Con for the first year um, a solid 8 out of 10. You know, I haven't been to a lot of cons to compare it to, but for me, I had a blast. It was so much fun. And like I said, I got to meet so many cool people, and I hope next year is even bigger. There would have been a lot more game designers there for the Unpubbed section had it not been that Origins was like a week after. So most of the game designers that i know in my groups that would have come to the put in play con they were getting ready for origins down in columbus which is a huge convention for board gaming and then for the cosplay side of it they had a sandusky in sandusky they have a big convention for cosplay the week weekend before so a lot of them went to that and people spend a lot of money doing that and so it was the scheduling i don't think june is the best time the best month to have and play con and so they were thinking about next year maybe having it in august which i think would be fine they were thinking maybe like there's a there's a big weekend where a bunch of the cub scouts come the problem with that is is that um i think they were trying to get find find ways of getting more kids to come and my advice to that is like your website needs to be geared more towards family if they want more families there, they need to gear the website and, and promote. That should be your target audience if that's what you want. Um, having it when all the Cub Scouts are there is fine. When we went to, uh, Umpub Midwest in the same hotel, they had a bunch of Cub Scouts there and they came down and play tested a bunch of games and it worked out great. Um, but if you're banking only on that, they're not probably going to be coming in dressed up and stuff. I don't know. We'll see what next year holds i think that each year it's just going to keep getting keep growing and getting better yeah i i really had a great time um if you want to see pictures some of the pictures i i posted them on instagram follow me on instagram at schwa one that's pretty much it um put in play just a, a big thank you to david from the pop shop he was so welcoming he had everything organized for the board gaming side of things so we're gonna do a top five um uh, this is tongue-in-cheek. Top five reasons Chris and Tanya, our patrons, should move to Ohio from Connecticut. I'm just joking. I'm not really going to do that. I won't do that to you guys. But, I mean, we are having a game night next weekend. So, if you guys want to come to our game night. Since uh, Put-In-PlayCon had a lot of retro gaming going on, I'm going to give my top five list of favorite regular NES games. Number one. One of my favorite games for the Nintendo Entertainment System was Cobra Triangle. Cobra Triangle was a game where you played, you raced a boat, a boat that had guns all over it. So like you're shooting, like you're racing, but yet you were, well, some of the levels were racing. Some of the levels were pretty funny. Like you had to uh, rescue these people. Uh, there's people like floating in the water that needed rescuing so you would like try to protect them from these other ships these other boats that were trying to basically kidnap these people in the water i don't know if they were illegal or illegals but you're trying to protect them so you're like shooting at these space saucer looking boats and trying to prevent them from basically taking the people that needed rescuing in the water um and there was other levels where you were racing upstream there's levels where you're it's kind of like RC Pro Ram only on water on some levels. It was really cool. So check that out, Cobra Triangle. If you have an emulator or uh I have a disc for my Dreamcast that has like pretty much every Nintendo game ever made. It's so cool. I love it. And let's see um so Cobra Triangle number 2. Number 2 is Contra. Super Contra or which, whichever one was the first one. I loved it. Um the you know, if anybody knows the Contra code to get, you know, I think it was 30 lives, maybe infinite lives. I don't remember. I do know that code still by heart is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. My cousin had that game and it was so much fun. We would play that for hours. So, Contra number three, number three is Maniac Mansion. This is like a point and move like a click and move game. I don't know if you guys ever played Maniac Mansion, but it was so cool. You would you played as like four or five different characters and you're going to this haunted mansion. Well, it's like this evil doctor that lives in this mansion. So you have to even to get into the mansion, you have to find the key, which I think it was under the mat. You have to move the mat, get the key. When you're inside... You could explore this mansion. One of the things that was so cool about it was you would click on something and then you would tell it, you know, like what you wanted it to do. Like, so you could find a cassette tape. Take the cassette tape upstairs. The one guy that you have plays the piano. So he has a music ability. So if you take him, give him the cassette tape, go up in one of the bedrooms where there are one of the rooms where there was a piano and it had a tape player, you could actually record you playing the music onto the tape. Take the tape and then go play it in this other room that has a tape player. It was so cool. It was like, I mean, it, the, the idea behind it was, I don't think I ever beat it though. Um, I got stuck. There was a, if you got captured, like if you got caught by the evil scientist or one of his little, I don't know. They kind of look like Gumby. I don't know. They're like these little gooey looking creatures. They would lock you up in the basement and you had to find, there's a certain br- like loose brick. And you had to, I didn't find this out till like. I think I either found it out by accident or like years later I saw it on YouTube or something where like some guy beats the game in like three minutes or something. I don't know. But, um, but there was a secret brick or something that you had to find to, in order to get out of this room. But anytime I got captured, I wouldn't be able, I didn't know how to get out of the room. I think I just restarted the game over and over again. So maniac mansion, great game. Number four, number four is mule. If anybody's ever played mule, I think it was originally on a, on the computer. But Mule is like a futuristic game where you're mining for different minerals and stuff and you have these robotic mules to carry them around and you take them to market and the market phase is one of the best parts because you get to set how much your limit like what you want to sell your stuff for and then if other people need say iron, iron ore or something they can come up to your letter or if they need electricity they can come up or if they need food. They can come up and buy food off of you to that level. But on the Nintendo game is fun, is that as somebody's approaching your price, you can actually press up and then make it more expensive and then hope that they accidentally and then come back. You know, like, I don't know. So and then there was a um, Mountain Wampus. If you caught the Mountain Wampus, you would get a certain thing, like I think money. And it was just it was a cool game. And they actually made a board game of it, which I have not played. I would like to play it. I don't know if I'd buy it yet because part of the, the fun about Mule is, like I said, is the market phase. And I don't know how you can make that fun in a board game. I don't know. Like it would feel different in a board game. And don't get me wrong, since board games are so much more tangible, um, I do tend to like board games more than digital games, but I just don't know how you would make that work and make it enjoyable. So if anybody's ever played mule, the the board game, let me know. So that's that mule. Check it out. Number five, number five has gotta be, oh, this is tough. I'm running out. I like there's. Why well, am I mean not running out? There's so many games that I like. Um, we used to play, let me do some honorable mentions. We used to play Jackal. We had a game genie and it was so cool. We would stay up all night mixing codes. So like the book would give you certain codes to tweak the game. You would, if we started mixing the codes, like we would put like part of one code and then a part of another code. And so like on Mario Super Mario Brothers we, we mixed codes and like the one time it broke the game to where like every um, every bad guy became a Koopa. So like instead of like the little poop guy coming at you like it would be like a king Koopa guy coming at you. And then but when you jumped on him he would turn right back in and then like when he died like the character would just turn back into whatever it was. So like if it was a turtle it would be Koopa and then if you bounced on him it would turn into a turtle shell. It was weird. Um, we also broke uh, Jackal, which was a game where you would uh, – it was like a tank. One person played as a tank and the other person played as a jeep, an army jeep, and you would go around and we mixed some of the codes on that and it would kind of like would mess up your weapons. It would give you like – like it would give the jeep the missiles from the tanks and the tanks from the, the uh, bullets from the – I don't know. It was cool. But, man, we had so much fun that night. We were just – I wish we – I mean we were writing them down, but – the internet didn't really exist back then or if it did like we didn't have it so we got most of our codes from like uh, different gaming magazines nintendo power uh, we were more like set into sega than we were nintendo but uh, my cousin had every nintendo gaming i think he still has them every nintendo power that came out he has or at least he had at one time i loved game pro game pro was my magazine especially in april the april issue was like crazy because like they were just April Fool's jokes the whole way through the magazines. They would be announced. There'd be ads for games that aren't coming out. They would have codes that aren't real codes. They would have. Oh, it was so it was so funny. It was so much fun. Uh, North versus South is a fun game. That's kind of like a risk uh, area control game. That's fun. We played a lot of the sports games. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is super nostalgic. Like that first level where you have to go through the water and swim and then try to disable all the different bombs so much nostalgia um there was so many like our video game store would have rent uh three games for five bucks for like the weekend so like every weekend we would go rent three games man there were so many games like mario 3 was it's got to be mario 3 because the year i remember the year that we got mario 3 for christmas and i called my friend up the road and i was just like mark guess what we got for christmas he's like guess what we got for christmas we're like mario 3 and he's like i got mario 3 it was so much fun and so i have to say mario 3 mario 3 was still to this day i love playing that game um let us know your favorite games give us some feedback on patreon we post uh, our show notes on patreon so if you want to comment in the comment section underneath the episode feel free to have conversations let us know what are your top five favorite nintendo games Man, RC Program was a good game too, though. Yeah. Oh, Micro Machines! I love that game. I have I've bought in Micro Machines for like the PlayStation, PlayStation Two, and all these other systems, but it does not compare to the original Micro Machines game for the Nintendo. All right, so uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And Adri will be back next in our next episode, uh, talking about Pirate Fest, and um, I think she's got a top five list for you. Thanks to Chris and Tanya our patrons and anybody else who wants to support us. So we just love to hear like what you guys are playing or if you have any questions about like I've played a lot of games. So if you have like a certain type of board game that you like to play and I could probably introduce you to similar games that are just as fun if not even more fun. So it's weird. Let me talk about our game night coming up. So this is interesting. We have some people that we invite every time we We post about our game nights and there's, we have our regulars. We have like our friend Mitch and Shannon's parents come over quite a bit. My brother and his wife come. Um, We have our regular people that almost always show up. And then we have people who we would, I mean, there's other people that are like, they always would say they want to come or they, but they didn't, they just never come. So when I posted this next one, normally when I post on Facebook about the event that's coming up, I will put like hey it's june game night so so this time i'm like if i put july game night um it's gonna put in their mind like i'm trying to think strategically like how can i get more people at our game nights and i was like okay so if i put july game night and that in their mind they're gonna think oh well he has one every month so i'll just hit up the next one i'll just hit up august you know like you know, July on bid, you know, there's so much going on and maybe in August, I'll go, I'll go to the next one. So instead of saying July game night, I put our next game night. And the reason why I put our our next game night was because I was thinking, well, if they put, if I put our next game night, it's not putting it into their mind. Hey, you know, there's always going to be one next month, next month, next month. It's kind of like, Ooh, I don't want to miss this one. I you know, there might sell Something might happen at this game night. That's not going to happen at the next one. So, like, I want to be there. So, that was one thing. Um, another thing that I did was I used more emojis in my description. I put more emojis in my description. I don't know if that's going to, that, if that helped. Or, and then I also put, um, uh, I was trying to find the right picture to put. So, I was trying to pick pictures. I always try to put game, like, I take pictures during our game night. So, I was like, all right, so I put some serious games. I'm like, ah, well, that's not going to draw people in. So so I did find one of Adri playing, uh, not Sushi Go. Um, it's the eating contest. It's kind of like Uno, but like you're, you're cats and you're in a food eating contest. And you don't want to get indigestion. It's kind of a press your luck game. So there's some strategy, but there's a lot of luck to it too. Um, so I posted that one. And I think that's the one that hooked some people. So we got some people coming that are going to be here for the first time, and it's pretty exciting for me, unless Facebook screwed up, because the Facebook uh, events page does get a little weird sometimes, like, sometimes it'll say people are coming, and then it's like, oh, I don't know why it did that, you know, like, I like, I meant to put maybe, or whatever. So hopefully it's not a glitch in the Facebook system, but there's other times where, like, the date would, like, Facebook events will just, for, for some reason, randomly change the time that it starts, like... I'll put it starting at 630 and then somebody will be like, why, you know, did you change the time of your event? I'm like, no. So sometimes Facebook events can get a little glitchy. I don't know if that's ever happened with you guys, but now we're like, oh crap, are we going to have enough room for everybody? Um, We always get pizza. So we will, I mean, we can easily order another jumbo pizza from AJ's heavenly pizza. There's, uh, there's like six of them in Ohio and one in Oklahoma. So if you live in Oklahoma, you can uh, find an AJ's heavenly pizza there. It's really good pizza, and it's we order the jumbo pizza, which is like so big that when I bring it home, I can't fit it through the door. I have to turn it sideways to get it through the door. So I think some of our regulars come to our game nights for the games, and I think some people some of them come for the pizza, and we usually get wings and stuff too. All right, well, I'm gonna close out this episode with a song off of Nico Santana's brand new album, Legacy brand new i'm talking brand new like this just came out yesterday
0: i've been staring at the sunset taking in the sunrise looking at my wife's eyes disconnect the wi-fi Living in the present, uh, love is staying reverent. Uh, life ain't always easy, uh, that's the path to heaven. Link uh, up with the homies, so we breaking D11. Look up to the sky, got me begging for a second. Chance, I know I feel it when I hold my son, it's just begun. I wake up, say a prayer, thanking God for another one. No, this ain't the Callid songs, but I'm feeling just like Callid's son. Admit that I was acting dumb.